Okay. You all right there? What kind of sneeze is that? This is Hey everybody, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Please be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Metal Nerdery Podcast. It is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. Hey, this is Sam Elliott. One, you know, one of the best ways to support Metal Nerdery is to leave them a review and or rating on the iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Let the boys know how you're doing. Excellent. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate it. <laughs> Kudos and commitments to you for helping us to get kudos and commitments from everyone else. Welcome back, everyone, to the Metal Nerdery. Welcome back. I think we've been welcomed Mr. back Cat- for a while, but we've been... Mr. Cartier! We've been doing some outtake shit. It's going to be available on our Future State Patreon Loincloth Exclusive <laughs> Membership Club. Uh, y'all keep an eye out for it. It's going to be dope. It's going to be lit. I don't know any other yeah. slang terms, but that's what it's going to be, I think. We're going to try. What's on the docket? Well, today we are looking at Wildwire.com and their uh, 66 best hard rock and metal guitar players of all time. 666. So we, uh, you know, and they start, they start we probably won't the, talk about all of them, but we'll, we'll hit the highlights and the lowlights. And we have to go, go ahead and give Loudwire some kudos and commitments by saying that the guitar player they chose to be the face of said list is none other than Dime one Dimebag Daryl, probably the godfather or our modern day rough lord. Absolutely. All hail. Yes. All hail. Metal Nerdery gives a collective salute to Dimebag Daryl as the rough lord of our generation. Yeah. Salute your horns. Uh, your resident metal nerds in attendance is always Matt, Bill, and Adam. Just yes. in case, uh, you know, don't want you to get confused. Welcome back and commitments to everyone. What's up? And condiments. And condiments, too. Can't forget the condiments. Sam's at night. That's way off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Soft intro coming back. Yes. Back show. So. <laughs> Sorry. It was a fun. Uh, I guess thing. we will we will start this. We haven't looked at it. We don't know Dive what's coming list. up or going down. So uh, all, we're, all, we're, all we're saying is we're glad that it, we, we hope it bodes well. Given the dime bag is the uh, the cover model for this article, so we think it's going to go well. But like Adam said, we have no fucking idea if it's going to go well. Let's see what you got there. I wonder if his goatee there matches his goats. It is a good question. It's black and white, so out. we can't tell. Maybe he's going to Well, we don't have any white. pictures of his goat anyway. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they're grainy black and white, too. <laughs> you can always see it with suicide paneling. All right. We'll start here, I guess, with number 66, which, interesting choice, Buckethead. He's definitely an interesting guitar player. Um, did you ever hear much of that solo album he did, uh, Colma? I think you turned me on to it. Yeah. There's well, a lot of varied he's, he's stuff done a lot of I think he was actually in... Uh, Guns N' Roses for a short bit. Guns N' Roses, he did a thing with... Uh, with Primus. I've seen him with Primus on stage. Yeah, he's done a lot of jazz, funk, ambient. He did some other shit with... Uh, um, was it Bootsy Collins? One of the guys, I guess, from Parliament? Uh, was it Praxis, I think? Is that the name of the band? But it was some kind of crazy sort of technical avant-garde 
jazz, crazy, insanity stuff. But and then he released that solo album he did, which was totally different. But yeah, Buckethead's Buckethead's very, very fascinating. Yeah, very versatile guitar player. Definitely versatile. So is he? Um, is he? Does anybody know who he is? Or is there he, was some speculation. There's some speculation that he was Paul Gilbert, but. I don't remember if that uh, was ever shut that. down or not. <laughs> I never heard that. I think I had heard some speculation one time that it was Paul Gilbert because Paul Gilbert's also very tall and he can shred like Buckethead. But I don't know how you could see to me to do that. That would something would have to slip out about his style. You couldn't because you can't mask that. It's like you can't totally be you know like Andy Kaufman and um, <laughs> yeah the other dude. Tony Clifton. Yeah, Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. <laughs> it's like it takes a special person to completely separate that. I don't know how you do that as a guitar player. How do you have a different personality playing one way versus another? That's just yeah. I can't wrap my brain around. It's it. like the interwebs is Brian Patrick Carroll. Okay, so not not Paul Gilbert. It's definitely, uh, yeah. If you just if you if you're in the mood to just check out a guy that's all over the place, it yeah. says here he's he's released. 118 solo albums. What? No. No. <laughs> I don't what? know. That's what it says. And that was in 2015, so. Well, he's got to be like up to, what, 1,000 now? <laughs> yeah, right. Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> Started in 87. He's moving along. Maybe he released his 118th then. Terrence Hobbs? Terrence Hobbs, Suffocation. Would, uh, it's a band I know of, but I, I've never listened to. Yeah, not too familiar. So I've got... I don't have much to say on that. I don't know him too much. Commitments to Terrence Hobbs. It says here he plays with high action and uh, he pulls off surgical palm mutes. Well, it does kind of beg the question how he pulls all that stuff if he's got high action. Because anybody that's ever played that knows that's kind of difficult. It makes him work. He's working, work for, for, the, he's working for that metal man. 64, Chris DeGarmo. A.K.A. Don Doggett. <laughs> Especially with that hat. That thing, he looks just like in my dreams. That didn't sound right at all. Wait a minute. I want to back up. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? He's in your dreams? No. What I meant to say is he looks kind of like, like a skinnier Don Dokken in the In My Dreams video by Dokken. Sure. Okay. And we're moving on. I'm just going to say he was a really good guitar player. Yeah, he was. And I think he went on to fly airplanes later. Yes, he did. Because I guess uh, being a rock star. Didn't he do a lot of the. A lot of those uh, uber high pitched backing vocals. Yeah, I think for so. Queen's also, I think. Yeah, he kind of had like the uh, higher pitch than normal the backing vocals, but it it worked nicely. Yes, it did. It was great to work with him as a singer. This is Geoff Tate. Got a little inside info there. I share what I can. It's a service. <laughs> I'm influencing myself. It was in your band, right? Yes, I also influenced <laughs> him as well. <laughs> Chris DeJarmo Chicken. Thank you. DeJarmo <laughs> <laughs> Chicken. Mike McCready, was that Pearl Jam? Yeah. Which, I, I never really got the whole Pearl. I mean, I, they were talented, but I just didn't get the whole Pearl Jam thing. It's just like with Nirvana. It just lost me. Uh, I never got Nirvana. I like, there, was some, there was some Pearl Jam that I really did like. They had yeah. a lot of really good songs. Yeah. Yeah, so they they had some really good guitar player too. I mean, oh yes, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even yeah. knocking. I'm just saying I just never got the. I, I guess it's the Madsen popular opinion. I just never got the hype. Uh, you stayed you stayed all metal all the time. <laughs> I did, man. I rode that shit hard through grunge. Oh, hey. Gross. Freezing. Right. Stop. We're Sorry. gonna 
But your lips hurt real bad. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not knocking them. They were good for what they did, but yeah. definitely not metal. I needed my metal. Uh, he was involved in uh, Temple of the Dog as well. Now, that was good. I did enjoy that. That was probably more it's heavy. Like, it was almost the, the same stuff. damn thing. No, it had a heavier vibe to it, I think. Just a touch heavier. Yeah. I and think their bass player was in that, too. Pearl James' bass player. Oh, really? I think. Jeff Hammond? I don't know his name. I don't know. I think it might have been. I'll have to I check with Ian Hill, see if he was ever on the cover of Bass uh, Player Virtuoso Monthly. They were mainly dominated by the battling Eddie Vedder and... Uh, uh, Chris Cornell? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> battling. Twin Box 62 Paul, Paul Wagoner. Wagoner Between the Buried and Me Which I've heard some of their stuff Those guys are pretty badass I can't say I, I'm Very familiar I have not kept up with them A lot lately But I mean they're They're uber talented For sure And they're They're kind of Sort of that techno genre. I like one of their Song titles here Prequel to the sequel Yeah I saw that <laughs> I like that Metal's Pink Floyd that's probably pretty Yeah, accurate. I mean, they're, from what I remember, they're pretty varied. Yeah, they kind of hop all over the map, but they've got a nice... Are they the one that did that covers album? Yes, they did. They did like yeah. Blind Melon and Motley Crue and Metallica. Yeah, they did just a like good a whole job. swath yeah, of different stuff. It was very varied. Brent Hines, yeah, uh, from Mastodon. Local Riffmaster. Yes, from the ATL. Yeah, I dig his style, man. Everything, the stuff he plays, the riffs they have... I don't think I'd ever heard anything like Mastodon until I heard Mastodon. No, Would you agree? Riff-wise, even? Yeah. song-wise? I, mean, I remember when I first came across them was the uh, Leviathan album. Yes. And I just classic. I could not stop listening to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was one of those albums I could I just couldn't stop. Oh, four. I couldn't help myself. It I was mean, a, it was... Blood and Thunder. I mean, that's the opener. That's kind of like, fuck, yeah. That's a it was one of those opener. we're talking about. There's They pack so much. Well, this is pretty much every album they do, just about. They, just, they pack so much into it. Oh, yeah. it, it, you have to just keep listening to it to to dissect it, to pull right. it apart, to, yeah, yeah. to really grasp what the hell you're listening to. Tons I mean. of riffs, tons of changes, tons yeah. of just all kinds of shit. It's, it's, it's insanity, but yeah. it's awesome because it's, it's just like layers and layers. The the first time we saw them, they were opening for Slayer. That was that Thanksgiving show. Oh, man, that was awesome. That was with Kill Switch Engage, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I spent 04. the whole Mastodon show watching the drummer. Oh, yeah. Because if you watch yeah. that guy play drums, Braun. you can't not watch him. Oh, he's he amazing, is, man. He's a that dude is a fucking oh. kudos and commitments to Braun. Braun. Is it Braun Taylor? I don't know. I think it's Taylor. Dollar. Yeah, I just remember Taylor, we were going to that show. Awesome. I get to his house. We were both feeling like crap. We were both like coming down with something. And so I looked at him and I was like, shots. We need shots. Oh yeah, I remember you saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a few shots. We got down the show. A did it? Yeah, we did. Got the show. Did some shots. We were feeling. Yeah, it was good. It ended up being a good night. <laughs> it was quite a good night. It was fucking Slayer. It was probably, it was probably the best Thanksgiving ever. Really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I think even Chandler would approve of that. Yeah, I was totally thankful <laughs> of Slayer on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was stupid. Well, this is Chandler Bong. Yeah. Huh? Chandler Banong. Headfield is number 60. I don't know. 60. All right. Uh, Loudwire. I don't know what you got. You better hope for redemption later. Maybe, like, you know. Are they going for um, the guitar solos or something? Because 
I mean, he doesn't do a lot of those. I would I would hope that this is just guitar playing in general, yeah. but Headfield, I mean, it looks almost more like it's talking about um, like what he does. I guess when he's not necessarily doing the rhythm stuff, uh, it's more it's more talking about his rhythm stuff than any lead stuff. Okay, well, if they're basing it on his rhythm stuff, he, he should, should be up be, in the top ten. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, say what I want, I haven't kept up with him. You know, I, whatever still, you, he's, he's whatever you want to say about him, but I mean, Headfield's yeah, yeah he's, he's a freaking monster, man. He's still busting out awesome riffs. That wire strike one. Yeah. Number 60. Gotta, eh. Oh, boy, here we go. Let's hope for redemption. Yeah, I got to say I disagree with that one. <sighs> Luck LeMay, Gore Guts guitarist. I've Never listened to a little him. bit of Gore Guts. They're, they're definitely uh, it's pretty pretty technical from what I remember. A lot of those death metal guitarists are really super technical, like crazy, like sweeping and tapping and all kinds of stuff. So Not, not I, uh, I they're familiar with live. I'm not either. Ah, Jeff now Lewis. that's another, that's strike two right there. I'm sorry, that's yeah, strike two. Jeff, Jeff Lewis, Lewis number be, 58. He needs to be top 10, I think, easy. That guy. For Shredders, he needs to be top five. Jeff Loomis is amazing. The Nevermore stuff notwithstanding, I mean, he's just, he's a badass. Yeah, well, like they said right there, I mean, he was, during Metal's worst decade, the 90, he was... You know, he was bringing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He's a shred monster. Yeah, that dude's amazing. Yeah. Go back, listen to some Nevermore. Dude, he, he shreds, man. It's well, his rhythms are just as freaking... Oh, he's sick. He's got he's some a, brutal rhythms. He's a modern-day riff lord, for sure. But his, his soloing is also... There's a... We need to find it, and maybe... I don't know if we can figure out a way to post it or tell people to go look for it, but there's a duel, a guitar duel... Of Jeff Loomis and Chris, uh, is it Chris Broderick? Megadeth. Megadeth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing like cutting heads back and forth, and it's just shred fest, man. And it's just uh, like, I haven't seen that. That'd be, it's just like, you know, guitar boners all over the place. I mean, it's, it's awesome, but you got to see it. But anyway, yeah, Jeff Loomis is amazing. Yeah, he's, uh, without a doubt, he's, uh, doing time and arch enemy now. And he he's just got a new guitar too. He's got a, a signature yeah, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, it looks. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, it's badass. Fucking looks all. I want one, but it's like. Oh, well, it's yeah. ba- it's on the Kelly style. He's I got know. it. Uh, yeah, it's it's that sweet. It's beautiful. It really oh, is. God, I'd love to have one of those. John Five. I've heard lots of good him, things about him. Yeah, that's another guy. He's 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 probably played on a lot of stuff that you've heard that you didn't even know because. He, he floats in and out of genres so fluently. He's kind I of mean, a ghost that way because I always hear yeah. him name-checked, but it's like I've – and I know that he's a very versatile guitar player, but I've never really, like, just watched I haven't him really, play. No, I haven't really – I got to – I'll admit I haven't delved into his work. But I like always I hear should, good things. So I mean, it's right like there, it's never Bob been. Bluegrass and country album. I mean, if, yep. if you're playing bluegrass, you're damn good. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. If you can keep up with that, you're – that's what we used to call booking along hella. So yeah, if you can keep <laughs> yeah. up with bluegrass, yeah. then you're doing all right. I know he's a good player. I just I'm not as familiar with a lot of his stuff. Yeah, Jakey Lee. Okay. Oh yeah, that's another strike for me personally. That's a strike. Yeah. Glad he's on the list, but 56. Come on. I mean, we still got to see if Loud Wire redeems himself, but way down to the 50s. Unless this is a non-numeric list. Well, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's a non-numerical, numerically based yes. list. Right. Right. But, you know, this generation of people that, you know, have to be, everybody has to be equal. It's like, James Hetfield really can't be number one, so we're going to make him number 60 to even it all out. Well, I'm just, I'm biased because that's the guy that kind of made me want to play guitar. Yeah, he should be more like number 
But his style, man. I just love his style. It's so fluid. It was unique. He was a good successor to Randy. It was a shame Randy had to go, but I think Jake was probably the natural. I think it was the natural progression to go to him because he was the most like Randy, don't you think? Some of the some of the styles in his yeah, playing, the so. flourishes, there was kind of some, even some of the riffs in a way, there was kind of nods to it. Like it kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of. Yeah, well, that's. That's one of my unpopular opinions is I like Jake more than Randy. I know everybody, a lot of people are big Randy yeah, or Zach, but I'm a Jake guy. I can't help it. Well, it makes sense because, I mean, that was kind of the new, because that was around the time we kind of really started getting into metal. I just like his style better. Well, yeah, it's a different, it's a little more frenetic. It's a little more kind of, maybe a little more attitude and kind of bluesy, whereas Randy's kind of had more like the Euro kind of, classical thing going on it just jake's style to me was just always like very organic very musical yeah it was just it was like a full range of stuff going on all the time well, it was versatile too because the badland stuff was totally different than did i play out of the water right, yeah. sorry sorry you hit plus 11. the new uh the new uh red dragon cartel oh stuff. yeah that's very good, good stuff y'all should go listen to that stuff yeah mcmass 55 Interesting. Yeah, we, we've we've list. talked about him before, you know, about his his sound being yeah different than a lot of the guys back then. He's got a big technique. sound. He always had a bit grittier, yeah, street sound. Maybe it's almost like the grittiness was attitude. So maybe it look like he has makeup on in that picture. Yeah, it's like a, hey, that's actually King Diamond playing as Big Boss. <laughs> Matt, uh, Pike. Matt Pike made the list. Nice. Fire and sleep. Very nice. Yeah. Seen them live twice, maybe. Who, high on fire or yeah. sleep? High on fire. I'd like to see both. Yeah, he's he's a riff monster, for sure. I love this I love this piece here. Between tone attack and the feeling in the fingers, Pike has unleashed devastating riffs that can easily be confused for the best riffs off Master of Reality. Goddamn right. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. That is good stuff. Cynic, Paul Masvidal. I've got a Cynic CD. I haven't listened to it a lot, but I know they're kind of a little different. They're kind of on that progressive spectrum. Yeah, they're definitely... I don't think they like the 4-4 four, four time signature. Let's just no, they're, they're probably way. a big fan of Walk, you know, 12-8. <laughs> they probably do like sound checks in 12-8, I bet. There we go. 52, it needs to be higher up. Even his the king. Even his beard is angry, Kerry King. <laughs> you can tell his beard's mad, but yeah. He's got to be on the list. He uh, just... Uh, for sure. He actually just switched from BC Rich after how many decades? To, to uh, Dean. Really? Yeah, yeah. This is like a brand new. They just they're releasing fifty handmade signature models. I need that, to check that out. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. They cost eight thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars. <laughs> wow, it's like dude, you you've got more metal and said six thousand six hundred and sixty-six, but I guess it still I just out. don't. If you're a fan, a big fan and a collector and you got money to burn because you don't have a family, then hey, go for it, you know. But otherwise it's if all you're, about the dollar. You know what? If I've you never got it, spend it, I guess. I personally feel like I've got some pretty nice guitars and I've never paid more than nine hundred for one. Some people just I gotta just, have I it. can't see paying eight thousand dollars for a guitar. I just can't see if, it. if I if I was a crazy rich person, I might do it just for the hell if of it. If you're crazy rich, yeah, well, it's kinda nuts, but yeah. Uh, okay. You all right there? Yeah. What kind of sneeze is that? I don't know. He won't. He won't sneeze. 
Yeah. Well, I'll project a spin over everything. A lifelong thing. He will not sneeze. He, if a he sneeze, will, you know, it would be it'd be like the end of Ghostbusters. It'd be like when the the marshmallow <laughs> thing blew up and it was like, you know, yeah. everywhere. Sooner or later that's gonna come out your ears. Yeah. Uh, how do you stop it like that? What the fuck? Uh, I don't know. It's superhuman. Got a sneeze gate. Or stupid sneeze gate. <laughs> sneeze gate. <laughs> Dude, man, put on your sneeze gate. We're broadcasting. <laughs> Andy LaRoque, Rock, King Diamond's band. He's a badass. Yeah, he player. should be on there for sure. Riffs and leads, I think. I like yeah. both. I think he's probably pretty underrated, I would think. Oh, I mean, very really. underrated. His whole band was underrated. Are you kidding me? Mickey D is the drummer. The ba- Hal Patino is the bass player. He was good. They were just Michael here the other was night. good. Yeah. And we missed it. I know. Mixon said it was awesome. The weeknight show. He I went? just can't yeah. do it. Oh, yeah, he told you he was going. I saw your little Facebook back then. Uh, well, he seemed to think I was going. I was like, I didn't think we were going, but maybe I should start going. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Eric. Maybe I you should start gone. clarifying conversations you're having with people. Yeah, maybe I should have went. <laughs> I should have went. Ah, KK. The priest. Not to be confused with Carrie King. No, that'd be the KK Downing of the Judas Priest. Yeah. He was a definite good match for Glenn Tipton, I thought. Yeah, he was actually in uh he was in the band before Glenn. Really? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Oh, I did not know that. I, mean, I think out. back in the day he had a flying V which he had Hater, customized. Well, this is before that. Oh, okay. That's why I said back in the day. Oh, back in the day. Sorry. <laughs> further. Well, let's just put it this way. Further back in the further day. Further back in the day. <laughs> We're back shadowing even further. The early hours. Back, back shadowing the early hours. He had a uh, he had a flying V Gibson with a uh, tremolo on it. I was oh, flying. wow. Yeah. I remember seeing that. It's one of the first times I ever saw a Gibson with a tremolo, and still don't know if I approve. It's kind of a strange concept. I'm talking sure. to you, Alex Lifeson. Ooh. <laughs> Calling him out. Trey Azagthoth. He looks kind of like Bruce Kulick in a way, doesn't he? Yeah. Like a hard-loving Bruce Kulick. He's a weird dude. Yeah. I've read a couple of interviews with him. He's All I can say is he's a weird dude. I don't know. Must be the power of Satan that gives him the, the riff power and the lead power. Don't deny the power of Satan. I know there's a lot of... Maybe he's just like a, the morbid angel. I've never really listened to him, but yeah, yeah they get they get name checked a lot. Sinister Gates is from the old Avenged Sevenfold. The oh. old, well, ye old Avenged Sevenfold. I was going for wordplay and blew it. It's one of those I just can't get into. Yeah, I don't really. I know. I know he gets you know kids today. I guess like him kids today, but I've just never really heard him much. Yeah, like him. System, system, down. system guy. Now here's the thing: whether you like System of a Down or not, you do have to admit that there's nobody else that has ever or really will ever sound like System of a Down. Yeah. No. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm one of the people that I just have never... But to yeah, be fair, yeah, even yeah, if you're not a fan, it. you got to admit the... No, I mean, they're great at what they do. The originality factor is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. And I do have to kind of be in the mood to be to get into it and listen to it. But for what they've done, they've done some... I think it's impressive what they've done. The fact that they got in... Made their statement, and then we're like, we're out, and then just bolted. Yeah, because they did literally within like I think the first album was ninety eight, and then the last two came out in 05, and it was like, we're out. See ya. No the music, the music's good, but when the vocals get and the so, guy can sing, right? It uh, just doesn't. 
for me, when they, yeah. when they mix them together, it just, it's, it's too off the wall for me. It, it's a unique combination. Yeah. It's almost like spaghetti tacos or like pizza quesadillas or. Well, I mean, I, I, I equate it to like rush, Sorry. you know, a lot of people can't do rush because of Getty Lee. Yeah. And, and I understand that. Yeah. But I like rush. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, so. Yeah. Not, not. Not naysaying. It's just that you have to admit their their uniqueness. Yeah, that well, was like Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews was great till that guy opened his fucking mouth. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I was, Whatever, dude. I can't. Yeah, sorry, I'm not gonna crash into you, bro. <laughs> Dave Murray, Iron Maiden on there, Dave. He has to be on there. He must be one of a few. Hopefully, I might uh, argue that he might further. should be higher than that. I know he's not like a super flashy guy, but I can't wait you till can't, we get you can't say that his playing. I mean, the guitar player in one of the most influential metal bands of all time, kind of right. like KK down right. there. Right. I mean, yeah. probably should have been a little bit higher. A maybe. little bit higher, just for respect's sake. It's only fair. Vivian. Vivian, I'd say that's reasonable. He definitely needs to be on the list. I think maybe, I don't know. I'm waiting to see what's higher up on the list to see if they get redemption. But yeah, Vivian Campbell should definitely be there. Ahead of Dave? Well, not ahead of Dave, but. He needs to be on the list. I mean, all the Dio stuff. James? Damn. George, 44. Oh. Yeah, hopefully this is not a numeric order, unless they've got some bombshells coming up, <laughs> which it remains to be seen. Maybe Dime's number one. Maybe that's the redemption. We'll see. Fucking George, man. I love that guy. Yeah. Hell yeah, he was super influential for me. I always liked his playing. It's just kind yeah, of and there's uh, Marty Weird Al Friedman again. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese wonder from yeah. the uh, classic rest in peace I always dug his style too because it was like his style was very it was weirdly kind of neoclassical-ish but it also had those weird phrasing like those Middle Eastern kind of yeah, things absolutely. it just gave it a weird vibe but it was always really cool well my, first, my introduction to him was that old tape I got with him and uh Jason Becker. The cacophony. The cacophony. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was good stuff. Some people were probably like, holy shit, man, I've got that. <laughs> On shrapnel. That was cool. Even that, uh, he did an instrumental album called Dragon's Kiss, I think. Or there was a song called Dragon's Kiss. It was really good. Sounds vaguely familiar. Gary Holt. Oh, yeah. Exodus and formerly of Slayer. Badass. Well, still of Slayer. I was going to say, they're on the, the final campaign. They're still, they're still campaigning, yeah. Yeah, Gary Holt's a badass, part of the original H team, right? For yep. Exodus, Gary yep. Holt, Holt, and Holt. Holt. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Gary Holt's definitely a badass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Part of the original San Francisco scene. Good stuff. Children of Bottom. Guy. A lot of t- Children of Bottom, Bottom, Alexi, Leho. Sorry if I screwed up, dude. I do have one of their albums. I, think I was going to say, I, early I think 2000s. I did buy one at one point. It's like it wasn't, it was pretty thrashy kind of but i don't know it didn't it didn't really stick with me it kind of had that scandinavian thrash thing kind of happening he's a good player but i wanted to go back and listen to it to review but i have heard his name mentioned a lot uh, there's my man Ackerfeld. michael Ackerfeld, the swedish man <laughs> with a german sounding name <laughs> pardon me that was flimmy Flimmy Killmaster Flimmy Snotmaster Hey what's going on Snotmaster Nice Michael Ackerfeld Yeah he's Yeah he is awesome He is definitely a unique 
he's evolved, man. It's like Opeth has gone from doing like progressive sort of death metal, I guess, to more almost like seventies prog, like seventies prog With rock, heavy like edge. a heavy edge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's cool. You know, and they're like anybody else. There's there's like the contingent that over uh, Opeth is bloated and no, you know over uh, overhyped maybe. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or like, I, yeah, I but I don't know. I listen to them and I think they're brilliant. Man. I love just, them. Yeah, it's. We'll have to have a day of like. This is a good fall day. To to a good fall day. Put on one of the more recent Opeth albums. I mean, it just. Oh yeah, it's magic. It's good stuff. It, it's almost like bringing that 70s prog rock vibe into the into the now kind of like down bringing sabbath into the 90s same vibe yeah yeah it is it's it all tangential nice was he with jim carrey on living color oh wait no he was in a band called living color that was different than the tv show of called in living Color. very good i get an a for being smart today he uh yeah he had those like non sequitur kind of solos sometimes. They were kind like, of jazzy in a freaky way. Yeah, they were like free form non sequitur jazz and a rock metal. So I don't know. It was like a. What was funny though is the way he would play, it was like the phrasings and stuff he would use. It sounded like just insanity. But then if you listen to it a little further, it's like you could hear kind of the jazziness. Yeah, you, yeah, of it. you could hear it. It worked. Yeah, but it had more of that. It was like, oh, it like, I didn't really catch it until later. Because when I first heard it, I was like, what the hell is he doing? Because yeah, it just sounded like, just unload the shred machine and just go. But then you listen to it and you start picking up on other shit. And it's like, okay, I now see what he's doing. Yeah, he's a good player. He is the Jerry Cantrell. Cantrell. Or Cantrell. Let's see it's Cantrell. The Alice and or the Chains. Yeah, funny seeing him with short hair, particularly after when he did that whole campaign after uh, Metallica cut their hair with load. And he wrote something on his guitar. Oh, I think yeah. the bass player said something like, friends don't live, friends give haircuts or something. Something like uh, that, yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> and now 20-something years later, he's got short hair. Wow. Coincidence? I don't know. I think he's got long hair again now. Yeah, okay, I think probably. so, yeah. yeah. They're on tour now. Looks like he's wearing a members-only uh, jacket. <laughs> a members-only biker jacket. <laughs> That's what it is. He's a tasty player, though. He's, yeah, he's he got, is. He's got a great tone. Yeah. His style's very unique, too. Yeah. His, t- his tone is good. It's like a very unique, fat, fat tone. Spatial See, that was, tone. That was another band where, uh, I don't know, probably draw some heat for this, but it's like I really, really liked him, but Lane Staley would get on my nerves. Really? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It's just like sometimes Such I'm just like. Voice. But lyrically. Yeah. yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. so many people that, but to me, I was like, every once in a while, I'm like. Sometimes it's the way his voice was, though, because it was uniquely lame, kind of like the guy from yeah, Surge yeah. from System I mean, of I, Down. I'm it's not saying I could have done any better. Absolutely not. I can't but, sing worth it. But the you crap, like what but, you like well, and you don't what you don't. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I, I get it because there's been times like that song, God Am, where he has that kind of, you know, <laughs> like when he's singing wow. like that. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but. <laughs> But it's like, that's hard to listen to. And it's like, I don't know if I want to listen to that. So I know what you mean. Sometimes it kind of does sound sort of weird. So the music I liked. But for the most part, I like him too. And I like the lyrics. Yeah. He wrote some good lyrics. Yeah, they were great. Adam Jones. There's your tool guy. Yeah. Adam's not the tool guy so much. But he's definitely a cool guitar player. He plays some interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all good. Like I said, it's kind of like Alice in Chains. They're excellent at what they do. A little different than your normal 
Kim Thiel. Uh, Kim yeah, Thiel. he he does some good riffs too. I really liked. I like the early Soundgarden more than the later. Like yeah. the when you say early, like up to what point? I'm talking like Louder Than Love, Ultra Mega, Okay. Yeah. Like those first couple. Like I even really before like Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. Why those more so? Just raw. Yeah, they just had a bit more of a raw. There was like there was really no commercial edge to those. They were just doing their thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It was and the riffs were. They just had like this. Uh, I don't want to say grungy, but. <laughs> I really don't want to say that. A little but, stinky, but or, they were borderline stinky. They were. I don't. I don't know if progressive is the right word either. But they weren't just like straight ahead riffs. They kind of the way they moved around. Ken Thales play as playing was just. Well, most just, of their riffs are like that. Most of their riffs are kind of complex or sort of yeah, he's unusual. Yeah. yeah, he's not your just straight up kind of riff player. No, yeah. Cornell he's, wasn't either. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Theirs was definitely unique because it did have the heaviness and kind of the vibe of even some of the Sabbath stuff, but it was still like they did alternate tunings and they did weird stuff that wasn't really mainstream stuff. But Am like I their style. Who's that? Kim Thale? I think so. I'm not I sure. Anyway, it sounds like he did. Oh, Kurt Cobain. Uh, I'm not going to slag Kurt Cobain. I'll just say I mean, we here at Metal Murdery are still sore about the one or two first episodes we did where Kurt Cobain got referenced number one over Dimebag Daryl. That was in, that was impossible. Never mind, over Vulgar Display of Power. No. But, you know, you have to appreciate him, I guess, for what he did. A lot of people loved him. The guy was talented, but he was definitely not like a guitar hero, but that's subject to interpretation. What did you guys ever think about the Nirvana things? I just I saw it, and I just never... It didn't Got resonate. It. it just didn't resonate with me. I, I just, just didn't get it. I, everybody was raving about it. And I was like, it's not bad, but if I'm being honest, I kind of like the Melvin's version a little better. Sorry. <laughs> but I saw it. I was like, that's cool. But I'm like, I don't yeah, see what's so great about it. I didn't go out and seek it, but if it was on or whatever, I wasn't, oh, this is, this is terrible. Turn it off. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. tolerable. It was yeah. fine, but it yeah. was just like, I never got the big, you know, WTF about it. If anything, I was in that time frame of that kind of music, I listen more uh, more to the Soundgarden or yeah. the Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah. I way, way more like than Soundgarden or Alice in Chains, more yeah. so. Way more than uh, Nirvana. Yeah, I didn't uh, dislike them, but I didn't like. I said I didn't really seek them out or or whatever. I mean, you know, give them props and you know where they need as, to. As long as it's not smells like Teen Spirit, it's you know it was good. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But that song was way overplayed. Oh, yeah. They, they blew that one out of the water. Yeah, another band from that era, from that locale that never really... They put two albums out, My Sister's Machine. They were cool. I really I liked them. I like those guys. No, never heard, I heard them, no. It yeah, was kind were, of that stage in the 90s where things were starting to change, and it was like, okay, what happened to metal, and now what's happening to rock? And it's like, oh, these guys pop up in the middle. My Sister's Machine was a bit heavier than probably 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 more so i mean they were definitely heavier, heavier than like Alice in Chains even. yeah they were heavier than alice in chains and heavier than pearl jam they kind of had a they were probably they, maybe a little bit more like Soundgarden, early Soundgarden. they were a little bit heavier like that i thought yeah. they were kind of like they bridged that divide between like like metal and then like all that other grunge shit that was going yeah. on they were yeah. sort of that in between they were kind of a little more on the heavy side but they were really good my sister's machine what the yeah they were good satch Satch, wow, looks like he's got a... What? Silence. 
Crickets. Yeah, but if I shaved his arms, I could probably make like that uh, a <laughs> dime bag Daryl. It's like Wind. he's hairless from the elbows up. <laughs> <laughs> he almost looks like, I mean, it's it's twisted, but it's almost like someone superimposed like a forest of hair from the Paul Stanley outerwear collection. <laughs> it's the zip-off sleeves from the, <laughs> from the vest. Your hair sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting off topic. And I remember when Surfing with the Alien came out, man, when Satriani put that out. That that blew everybody out of the water because that was at the height of the shred era in I'm the su- 80s. I'm surprised he's 34 because he's looked at as well, he, one of the king, yeah. kings. Yeah, because what he he taught Skullnick and uh, Hammett, Kirk Hammett. Hammett and yeah, so his name's all over the place. Steve Vai, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he taught Steve I. I mean, Satriani's like a master, and he made that first album, not even Surfing with the Alien. I think it was the, was it Not of This Earth? Or maybe something else, but he made it for like 10 grand. He got a credit card and just took out, maxed it out, and just made an album. Talk about rolling the dice, man. It's like, dude, you don't know what's going to happen. And he did it. Now we have Satriani. Yep. He's another one, though. I can't say anything bad about his playing, but his his music just doesn't really stick in my head. Yeah. Some songs, obviously, but I don't know. Tato, tomato. It's fun. That, that newest album he put out with uh, Glenn Hughes. Yeah, that's pretty good. I listened to some of that, and that was really good. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of a grower. I need to go back yeah. and listen to it some more. Adrian. Adrian Smith. Yo, Adrian. Yes. Adrian. Yeah, he's definitely got to be on the list. His melodiousness. Yeah, those guys are badass for sure. Absolutely. Can't believe they, him and Dave were the rhythm guitar players on a... Wisdom! Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Magic in the night! I still say they let they made them the rhythm players so they wouldn't show the other guys up. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. There Come on, go. blokes. Ace. Ace Fraley Fraley. Hey, Fraley Fraley. I do like the Ace Fraley. I kind of ride along in DeLorean's automobile because he's such a different player. Like his riffs are cool. His riffs are kind of unconventional. Like I always thought his songs in Kiss. I know Bill doesn't care about Kiss, but Adam might agree. I always thought his songs had the coolest riffs to him. Oh yeah, yeah. And his leads were always cool because they were like Dime commented one time about how Ace's leads are almost like a story. Like there's a path to him. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's like its own song within a song kind of thing. That's yeah, I always yeah. liked his. Uh, I think probably some of my favorite Kiss songs were his. And they you know did, what? Just, I think he was doing tapping and stuff solo wise before Eddie Van Halen was. Ace. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go back to the seventies. Shock me. It's a nice yeah. jacket he's got on. It was. Looks very much like a rock soldier. Paul Gilbert. Yeah, there's Paul. Sounds like your vibrator's going off. Yeah. Hold on, Adam's vibrators are going yeah, off. We'll, uh, we'll talk. I'll talk to that later. Time for some frosting. Paul Gilbert was a super shredder. It's kind of funny. He never really got into many other bands. Like he had that Mr. Big thing, and then I guess he did that uh, Racer X. But I mean, other than that, kind of like much. a lot of solo stuff, right? Yeah, a lot of, of solo course. Stuff. When we did that Supergroups episode, and uh, I put Mr. Big on there, I didn't realize Mr. Big had had so many albums out. Yeah. yeah. I kind of was like, what? So he was part of that probably the majority of the time. But in the late 80s, I think he used to do those metal, uh, what was it, some kind of metal method guitar player, of course, or something. Anyway. Yeah, number 30, Glenn, Glenn Tipton. Tipton. 
Of the half and Judas Priest. Can't argue with that. Gotta love the Tipton. Seven Master. 29, yeah. the Alex Lifeson. With his tremolo Les Paul. He always looks like someone's grandpa going to a board meeting <laughs> with the jacket on, and it's like, you know, it's like, I had to go play corporate rock, man. It's like, no, you don't, dude. I always, liked, I always liked his solos, because they were, his solos were a lot of times kind of out there, too. You know what I mean? They were, but they always had a structure, and they didn't veer off the path too crazy, but sometimes they get a little woo. Yeah, but they were they were a lot of were never what what you would think would go with the song. You know what I mean? It's right. not like you would phrasing wise or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he did. He definitely had an interesting style. And you know, it's funny. I've grown to like his style more over time. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I used to kind of think it was too chaotic, and then the more I listened to it, I'm like, oh, now I kind of see it. Well, yeah, kind of a unique position to fill. He kind of because you had Neil Peart and uh, Getty, two rhythm monsters. Yeah. So he kind of had to fill a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. I mean, they right. did that. Of course, they also had like the pedals and stuff like that to kind of accompany it. But guitar wise, I mean, his phrasing and stuff, and even solo wise, riff wise, it would fill space. It would make it sound bigger than right. three yep. people. Yep. Such so, as yeah. autistry. Johnny, Johnny Ramon. Huh. Interesting. See, when I read that one, two, three, four in print, all I can think is fucking hostile. <laughs> that, that's all I can think. But I know, I know the Ramones were there first, but. Sorry. I'm not as familiar with the Ramones. I, I respect them and know what they've done, but it's like I'm not. I haven't I, listened to a lot of Ramones. I haven't listened to a lot of them either. There's there's times where I've been out in the shop at the house and I'll like be looking for something to listen to. A couple times I put the Ramones on and it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's straight ahead, straightforward. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like heavy rock. It's all stuff that sticks in your head, though. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's, it's basically punk, right? But it's almost like kind of softened punk a little bit or poppy punk. Yeah, I know it's I not guess, really pop. It's more yeah. like kind of just in your face, but they were kind of more like just a old school rock and roll punked up a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they had that, that vibe. Right. Yeah, but they were kind of the beginning of that. It seemed like back in the day, like with the punk movement. Yeah, Michael, Michael Schenker. He's been in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Scorpions, UFO, UFO MSG. He's been all over the place. Kali Schenker group. It's always had those cool black and white guitars, whatever. Yeah, it makes me think of those cookies. Was it the black and white cookies? Oreos? No, no, no. Those ones you get like it. <laughs> Dude, don't make it weird. <laughs> no, I was talking about like those ones you get like in bakeries and shit that are like half. It's like a, half the circle's white and half of it's black. It's like a yin yang if it went to like a chiropractor. That's what it looks like. Know. Straight. Kind of bakeries you going to? I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing for that. Yeah, you got edibles and stuff there. I don't know. (laughs) Unfortunately, here, no, no. Zachy Wild, number twenty six. He's definitely had an impact. Yeah, he can certainly play as well. He can certainly play. But one thing I got to say, I disagree with. I do not think. Didn't you say there was some rumor about a Pantera union and they were talking about using? Uh, Yeah, it's always. I I read some things recently where it's still being talked about. You know, but. But at this point, with Vinny gone, it's even more like, why, yeah. why would you? So who are you going to get now to be the new Vinny? I mean, and as much as I like Zach, I don't... He's not done. Dime, yeah. Nobody was done. And it's, and it's nothing against Zach, but it's just, you know, it's not the same thing. You know, it's kind of like... You never know until you listen to it. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... I'm but, sure he could pull it off. Yeah. Chuck Schuldiner, of course, he's always considered a master. Founder oh, yeah. of death metal. Definitely a very important 
figure. Especially progressive death metal. Very progressive. Alex yeah. Skolnick. Yeah, Skolnick 24. Monster Shredder. I don't know. I think so far I'm a little I'm still kind of like, okay, why does that feel number 60? This is only 66. <laughs> are you judging recent work or are you judging lifetime? Steve Vai? Okay. Maybe these people are more shred, shred covered. I would think Vai would be higher than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah just like Satriani. Yeah. I mean, he's a complete innovator type. You know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. He's like nobody else. Nobody else. Well, I mean, right there in that picture, he's tonguing the guitar. So, yeah. And that guitar probably squeals like one of Dime's, like, you know, reverse tremolo dive bomb screams. That's how right. Reverse tremolo dive bomb screams. I don't know. I don't know. As far yeah. as the old school, old school ones, you think of like Hendrix and Page. They might be at the top, maybe, because I didn't think about those, because if we're looking at just modern, but they might be going back, so it's possible. 22 is John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Papers. I'm not real familiar with his playing. I hear he gets a lot of good stuff, but I know it's more kind of funky. Yeah, I'm not super familiar. I like the old Chili Peppers stuff. but Yeah. Tom Morello. Okay. 21, really, over James Hetfield. He's yeah. almost 40 spots above a Papa Het. Yeah. Of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people harp on him. But he, uh, he's I mean, he's talent. a very innovative player. Talented. Yeah, yeah. He's super not, talented, yeah. and he... You know, that whole that whole genre, he's, you know, he took charge of it. Yeah, oh yeah, you know? absolutely. But yeah, I mean... Because they got the anger metal for sure, but it's definitely not necessarily ahead. metal per se. Way ahead of Hetfield and... Yeah, that's not right. Dave Murray and... Loudwire, on and on. talk to your editing department. If you'll have... Okay, Jeff Hanneman at 20, that's sort of redemption. That must have been after the uh, spider bite thing. So good, man. Yeah, it's a shame we lost him. But, yeah, Jeff Hanneman is a master. Rain blows out of that. master. In fact, most of the, uh, I think I found out later, that most of the creepier Slayer riffs are usually because of Jeff. The yeah. darker, creepier yeah, shit, that's usually his stuff. Do, 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 Joe, Joe Perry. Perry. Hmm. I guess so, because he was kind of kind of a big riff guy back in the 70s I guess with Aerosmith because Aerosmith back in the day was oh yeah they had a lot of great big. music like pre-permanent vacation oh yeah oh yeah like Get Your Wings that album front to back is solid pretty much anything they put out you know Toys in the Attic Rocks all the early stuff I mean Get Your Wings is my personal favorite back in the saddle they got lots of yeah, stuff yeah I mean he's a very influential player so I mean I don't know. I wonder if, if we think about this, do we think that Metallica is perhaps beyond Aerosmith in terms of popularity? I mean, for us and our kind, I would say yes. <laughs> I'm talking worldwide. But, like, but for most people, probably maybe, not. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah, you're probably our kind. I like that. <laughs> Angus, Angus number 18. Young. He's one of our kind. He is. God bless the Angus Young. For sure. That man is a blessing. He is a blessing. <laughs> Praise him. Give offering to Angus Young. His style was always so cool. His sound was so big. I think he played, what was it, like Marshall JCM 800s or something? Uh, Marshall. Or some kind of JCMs, but they were, they just had that. Davis Dame once said that he, if Eddie Van Halen had a brown sound, that Angus Young's sound was like glowing orange. <laughs> Which, okay. if you think about it, like listen to Power Age. That, that, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like glowing orange. Yeah, all his riffs are just yeah ridiculous. But and the it, sound and is the so energy big. and the yeah yeah his his solos were the kind that 
stick in your brain. You yeah. know what I mean? They weren't like you warm you. He wasn't like shredding scales. You know what I mean? That's that's the kind of lead playing I like. You they know had I mean? feel. They had. I mean, they were bluesy too, so they actually had some kind of grooviness to them. But yeah, yeah, they were always always good stuff. John Petrucci, of course. Seventeen. Seventeen. Great shredder and great riffer. I'm probably the bigger Dream Theater contingency fan base here, but. Yeah, the man is a master. He can play. There's nothing he cannot oh, yeah. play. Absolutely. And if you need proof of that, go listen to Distance Over Time, their new album, which has got some insane riffs and solo stuff on it. Oh, yeah. They so guys. He's a tasty player. Stupidly good. Mm. Very stupidly good. Quite. Yeah, we'd, I remember, we'd go watch them, and then we'd leave, and we'd look at each other like, we're not worthy we're just gonna go home and burn our shit you yeah. know what I mean it's yeah, like we'll never be this good so yeah kudos and commitments to the John Petrucci at the Dream Theater the Kirk Hammett okay Kirk. now wait a minute how the fuck is Kirk Hammett number 16 and James Hetfield is number 60 it's all about the solos man <sighs> well to be fair James Hetfield does have cool solos okay so if this is a shredders list and that makes sense why is it 60 yeah, but look who's 15 coming up. Uh, yeah. Well, I could agree with that. Gilmore? Yeah. David Gilmore? I would put him higher than that. I'd put him yeah. higher, but at least the fact that he's in the top 20 out of 66. He's, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's badass. Absolutely. He's tasty. That dude can bend more out of a single note than <laughs> some guys with a 160-note sweep or whatever. You know what I mean? I'd like to see that. Is that like a 25-finger sweep? You have to use your toes? He's got so much feeling. I mean, it's, he can write some songs. It's freaking ridiculous. Oh yeah, Gilmore is definitely one of the he, greats. He, I mean, just his sound, his tone, mm-hmm. playing single notes is it's it's big, full as it sounds. It's, it's, big. it's amazing, big time. Yeah, I've always liked his stuff, and that's not even like we were talking about before. I mean, that's not even super metal, but his playing, it's like it's left its imprint on metal today. Oh, yeah. Except that we like Gilmore has impacted it. So, if you've never listened to Pink Floyd, go go well, take some of that out. We just saw Petrucci, right? Yeah, he's influenced by David Gilmore. Yeah, but the, you know they did uh, Dark Side of the Moon, yeah, one the of their album. live albums. Yeah, the cover. Yeah. yeah, I read an interview where he said, because you know they were doing like Number of the Beast and yeah. Master of Puppets, very guitar driven. So he said when they did Dark Side of the Moon, that was actually hard for him. Because the guitar is like so sparse and loose, yeah, yeah. you know, and he's used to more. This guy's probably got a challenge, obviously, because he's kind of a guitar, you know. Yeah, so it's so you know, it kind of says God. something. Playing yeah. Gilmore was hard for him because he had to he had to learn how to dial it back. Right. <laughs> well, it's almost like having to learn how to be an actor and do a love scene because the way David Gilmore plays solos, it's like they're just so beautiful. It, it almost makes you cry because sometimes depending uh, I know on what exactly it is, what you mean. Yep. It's just like it'll move you because it's just like just one bend that can just talking about it. It's just like fucking a, but I mean he can do that with just a handful of notes. Yep, exactly. And say things that people got a whole still, catalog of still holds up today. Oh yeah, right. yep. yeah, yep. So yeah, Metal Nerdery does endorse and support fully the Pink Floyd and the David Gilmore. Oh yeah, kudos and commitments. Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend's got to be on there. I've a uh, master. Bum, bum, Probably bum. in more recent years, uh, I, I've started listening to a lot more Who and appreciating it more. There's some edge there, man. And he's yeah, edge. he's a freaking good guitar player. Yeah. I mean, I know he's oh, yeah. he's not one of these shredder types, but 
He's kind he's, of a riff he's got a he's very creative. Yeah, I mean, just the vibe and the stuff that he would play, because even you know, like Ed Wessel was a really you oh, know, yeah. awesome yeah. bassist, oh, but yeah. those two together, it's like like the real me. Well, you know, like when Wasp covered the real me. Yeah, it did a perfect replica version of it. I mean, it was it stood up with the original version. It was awesome. So yeah, the Who definitely had some some heaviness to him that they brought with them. Yeah, they were they were kind of like a band like like zeppelin where their songs would be so varied so many styles Mm -hmm. you know i mean which i find impressive yeah because they they never pigeonholed themselves into anything so not into a corner or a hole Uh, so we have ingve no donuts for me malmstein ying (laughs) we to be fair ying we is oh yeah he is amazing oh yeah at the one thing he does exceptionally well. You can't well. deny what he does. Yeah. At the one thing he does exceptionally well. He's amazing. He is truly amazing. I, I will remember the first time I ever heard that. Um, I think it was the Live in Leningrad album. He did like a live album after one of his more recent studio albums. Hashtag soft intro. <laughs> Hashtag back shadow. Sorry. But he did this crazy solo that was awesome just to hear him shrimp. But it was just noodly noodly pretty much for he did get into like some riffy stuff and played like black star and some other stuff but but it was still a killer solo but it was kind of like you know there, there wasn't as much there but it was like it was it, he did what he did he was doing a lot but he wasn't saying much basically hashtag also soft intro but yeah basically the man that. can play he can't play he's a badass i'm not slagging Ingve or his ability to play i'm just saying it's kind of a wasn't a lot of variance but the solo was nice just because he structured it in such a way where it wasn't just noodly noodly. It was yeah mixed in with other stuff. But Yeah, that's another guy right there. Slash. Slash. I mean, that guy came up with, well, you know, him and Izzy together came up with so many memorable riffs and just yeah. his solo playing was just freaking phenomenal. I hate to do this to you guys, but I got to go sell to Frost real quick. Oh, we're on number 12. I know, but I don't know if I can hold it anymore. It probably could, but. What are you, a girl? I don't know. No offense. Hold on. I'll tie it in a knot. We'll just keep going. We're number 12. We can move past it. Brian May. Brian May. Number 11, Brian May. Yeah, that guy was. He needs to be on that list because riff and lead wise, he had both. Both. Super talented. Super both. Yeah. And still, I mean, he's transcended genre because, I mean, everything Queen did was. Oh, there was some metal stuff. There was some jazzy stuff. Another one that holds still. Orchestral. Yeah. Yeah, he's still brilliantly worshipped. Red Special. That guitar, man. That guitar has seen some battle. Well, he's had different versions of it. He's had uh, companies have made him. He's made some other ones. I don't. I, he's probably not still playing the original. And isn't he some kind of ridiculous, like a chemical engineer? Yeah, or he was like a insane. some kind of freaking rocket scientist type guy or something. I don't know. He was, yeah, he's a... Because he came up with this whole switching system on the guitar to do all kinds of stuff with the pickups. Makes Carvin look like amateurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a oh, smart man. guy. I put 25 switches on there. Hold on. <laughs> all right, now we're about to crack the top 10. Right, now let's hope 10. for some redemption here. Well, maybe not total redemption, but some redemption, because there was some some question marks in here, but yeah. I'm excited for the top 10. All right, here we go. Number 10. What do you mean? Mega day. <laughs> <laughs> At least he made the top ten. It's more than we can say for Headfield. Here you go, Dave. You yeah, got a right? victory. Yeah. Does that a little bit of victory for you, Mega Dave? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? 
At least he made the top ten. I always kind of dug his his lead style, but I liked his rhythms too. Yeah, I just I think I've said it before, but I don't know how he would. I don't know how he sang over some of that stuff. Oh, man, I don't either, man. Playing. That I was mean, no way. technical, way technical. It would have my concentration would have been play the riff. Yeah, yeah, that would have been way too technical for, for him me. to be able to speak words over it. You know? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a lot to take on. All right, number nine, number nine. Jeff Beck. I do have some Jeff Beck, but I haven't listened to it a lot. But I think he's a finger player. He's actually not a pick player. Kind of like Mark Knopfler yeah. from Dire Straits. Now, now, he ought to be on this yeah, list. Yeah, I guess. He's not a metal dude, but he definitely needs to be on that yeah. list. The guitar player from Dire Straits. That guy's amazing. Yeah. Jeff Beck is a guy that obviously I've known about my whole life, but have never really... Never really listened. I've never really delved into any, yeah, anything. And we don't so. mean offense. It's just no, not at all. Got into it, but uh, he's respected for sure because he always gets name checked in every guitar circle. So he gets kudos and commitments, no doubt, and condiments. And Samsonite number eight, the Randy. Randy. Yes, I think he definitely needs to be top ten. I would say so. I might even say top five, but that might be greedy. But top ten is definitely reasonable. I wonder what he would have. What do you think would have happened with the whole yeah. Shredder era? Uh, I, I hear a lot of people it. having that. Or I read about a lot of people having that conversation. It's like what? Yeah, because well, I mean, what he put out two albums, yeah, or something? That's, two that's, albums, and he influenced how many guitar players off of two albums? Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty amazing. And you still get the argument today: the Van Halen versus Randy Rhodes, and it's kind of like. People won't knock either, but they will admit that you know, if, God, if Randy was still alive. I mean, he was giving Eddie a run for his money, so. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that would have, because I think he was a guitar teacher at one point or something. Yeah. But he's he's one of those guys that was like always practicing kind of dudes, you know what Which I mean? Shouldn't. So he would have, yeah, he would have. Road style. Yeah. Like Don Beck He would have just gotten better and better and better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He It, it would have, the whole genre would have changed probably if he had stayed alive. If he didn't. Tragically get killed on that plane crash. But all right, number seven. Clapton. Clapton. I like Clapton. I respect Clapton. I like a lot of the riffs, some of his solos, but and maybe this is the unpopular opinion, but I kind of feel like Clapton's sorta of overrated, but maybe that's just me because I'm not as big I'm of glad a, you said something like that for a change. It wasn't me. I feel like I'm being a negative dick. <laughs> no, I mean it's just and it's not even because I mean Clapton's fine, but and he is talented, but it's just it, and it, I like a lot of the stuff, but you know, I think he's kind of over a little overhyped. Well, it's a different I different mean, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's more rock blues style. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But I'm if not I'm listening, him. if I'm if I'm gonna say like my favorite rock blues player though, I'm going with like SRV Stevie Ray. Man. Yeah. Stevie Ray was a shit. Yeah. That yeah. dude could play. And that's no slag against Clapton. No. I think it's more just, I mean. Could be a you know, generational thing, too. Yeah, could be, could yeah. Be. I mean, I know he's respected, and I do respect him in that regard, you know, and I do like his playing, but I just. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's like me. some songs of his that I really like. And then there's most of it that was just like, it's there. It's not yeah. bad, but it yeah. doesn't. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato, potato. Clamato. Richie Blackmore. Richie. He's kind of a strange bird for me because it's like. I like his riffs and I like his soloing and there's a very specific sound about his style that kind of lends itself to like that kind of the beginning of that sort of 
neoclassical. You know what I mean? Not really. Yeah, kind yeah no, of, he definitely played a part in kind of bringing about that movement. Well, and even the way Deep Purple sounded, it's like you could kind of hear the natural progression into Rainbow because it kind of had that sort of, like the fact that he's got a band called, what is it, Richie Blackmore's Black Knight or, or Magic Knight or there's some uh, other goofy side band he's got where he plays like the lute or something. There's some girl from like a Renaissance festival dressed well, up. Well, there a, it is right there, Blackmore's Knight. That's it. If I knew how to read and wasn't illiterate, it'd be better. <laughs> but when you hear that and you see it, it gives you a certain vision. And that, to me, is kind of what Richie Blackmore does. It's kind of like with Yngwie. It just kind of gives you that visual of, here's the headspace you are when you're listening to this. Yeah, but no, he had a very influential style. I mean... Quite so. And then then even in the Rainbow, you know... Rainbow was like Deep Purple a step further, I think. Rainbow doesn't really get talked about like Deep Purple did, but I think it was probably just as influential i think so because it was kind of a different change in metal because it was different than deep purple deep purple is sort of in that same vein as like zeppelin and sabbath like yeah. the early early yeah and then rainbow was sort of almost like that refined kind of almost like the refined point like if somehow sabbath could have like edited from like sabotage to about heaven and hell that's kind of where rainbow came in so they didn't go through that whole weird, awkward period. You know, it was Deep Purple. It's like Deep Purple, and then Rainbow kind of picked up and took it to the next level. Of course, they were important for metal, too. All right. Crack the top five. Number five. Here we Come go. On. Here we go. Come on, six. I've got the top five. That's I, As long as he's in the top five. Kudos yeah. and commitments, yeah. Yes. He definitely needs to be. Definitely needs to be. It's a freaky picture. It almost looks like he's wearing a tie. That's what, his, that's what his beard looks hair like. Hair tie. A hair tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a German tie place. It's really good. Hair tie. Okay. Moving on. That wasn't funny. Number five. All right. So he's in the yeah, top five. We could go on talking about Dime Bag, but I think we've talked about yeah. Dime Bag quite a bit. We all can I think everybody that. that's listening knows how we feel about yeah, Dime Yeah, we love Dime Bag. <laughs> Dime Bag should come back. So. We love Dime Bag. All right. Number four. Yeah, we're Van Halen. Yeah, I guess that's predictable. Uh, yeah, got to see him on the. On the I mean, top he of the influenced list. like Randy. I mean, but yeah, influenced Callus, Callus, Callus players. So, yeah, so, go, mean, go to YouTube and check out the. Uh, there's a solo. I think of him and Van Halen at the US Festival in like '83, and he does like a 10 minute solo, but it's badass man oh yeah it's i'll just, check that out and he is hammered too but it's just he's nailing it and like thousands of people screaming it's 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 awesome it's very awesome so you said the us festival yeah did you ever see tommy and i were up i think we were down in florida one time the families were on vacation and of course tommy and i were up late drinking sitting on the beach YouTube and stuff, and we found uh, footage of Judas Priest at the US Festival. I think this is like the Screaming for Vengeance tour. Oh, nice. It was badass. Yeah. And watching uh, Motley Crue, I think it was like right when uh, Shout Out the Devil came out. Oh, I bet that would have oh, been uh, cool. Uh, that, it was badass, cool. man. It was good stuff. Cool. It's good stuff. All yeah, right. Cooler. Number three. I say number one is going to be Tony. Tony? I think maybe it should That's be. That's a good call. If it is, then that would be Ultimate Revenge. All right. Top three. Jimmy, Jimmy Page. We know Jimmy Page is a number one, so that's sort of good. No offense to Jimmy Page, but... No, he should be up there. Yeah, he, he should play, be in the top five, easy. Yeah. Sure. It's so strange to me still that Zeppelin became such a huge 
basically, I guess, like an arena stadium band. And yet, Jimmy Page was a session musician. You know, whereas, you know, because Zeppelin had a completely different sound live than they did in the studio. Oh, Very so different. so good in the studio. Yeah. You know, live, maybe a little more raw. Yeah. Raw, raw, raw. As much production. And under influences. Yeah. Right. Under influences. <laughs> Not under influences. Uh, numero dos. Dos. Oh boy, so now I'm scared about number one. I'm betting number one. number one. Be? It's got to be Jimmy. Hendrix, yeah. that is. That, that, that kind of makes sense. Cause you know what? I'd be all right. right. I'd be all right. I'd be happy with that. I'm glad Tony's at number two, though, because I personally think he is, solo-wise, he should be there, but Riff Lord, in fact, it even says there, this Black Sabbath Riff Lord is often credited as the founder of metal music for his work on such classics. As Paranoid and Iron Man started a musical movement. Yes. Where would metal be if Tony Iommi hadn't severed the tips of its two fingers, forcing him to adapt to a different style of playing? Summon the Thimble Master. Thank you, Nigel Nigelson. <laughs> Nigel Nigelson. Nigel Nigelson, Thimble Master at large. All yeah, right. He definitely needs to be number two. So number one is... I would, I would be totally cool with, with Hendrix. Being number one, I, mean, I think he, so too. He hasn't been on the list, so I'm sure no, it's he's got to be. be here. Because I mean, he did for the he time he came out. He was like, he was like way over here yeah. doing some crazy shit. He was like shit. an alien. He was like a Everybody alien for sure. for sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number one is it's got to be. There he is. It's yeah, be the man. Is. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi. Yeah. 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 definitely needs to be there in fact it makes sense that he would be number one because he basically has influenced everybody period literally yeah. everybody yeah pretty yeah. much who hasn't he influenced he's one of Satriani's biggest influences he's an influence to Hammett Kirk Hammett I mean he's changed the way Steve Vibe I mean, and he's changed the way that guitar is viewed modernly modernistically modernly those words not moderately, but modernly. That's probably not the right words. Sorry, I'm a doofus, but yeah, I, I'm happy with Jimi Hendrix being number one. If Kirk Hant or Kirk Cobain was number one, <laughs> oh, Kirk Hant, that would be terrible. Kirk Hant, revolt. Kirk Cobain was number one. I think I would have to reach to the screen and grab the Livewire logo and like smash it against the wall or something. But no, Hendrix does need to be number one because he's that man is an alien, but he's uh, awesome. It's. He's another one, kind of like uh, Randy Rhodes, because what he only put out a handful, three albums, yeah, three albums, three studio. I mean, what albums. if he did yeah. continued on? Right. It just you know? blows the, it boggles the mind. I mean, what would he be doing now? Now, yeah, 
But then it kind of begs the question. It's like, who's to say that you you got all of the best then? I mean, surely that's not the case. But it's like, no, I think know. the kind of guy he was, I think he did. He did. He he'd have gone off like into weird pushing, stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Pushing the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. He would have made. He would have gone kind of like Steve Vai and made the weird sound normal, and it would have it would have been like a whole thing. But yeah, I could totally see him going going off the rails. But Jimi Hendrix is number one on that list. And yeah. let's just recoup. Go back to the top. What's the name of the list again? That's the uh, the metal. So we'll refer to this as our metal nerdery listicle competition, but competition compilation. Although it is Labwire, I just uh, wanted to get the list right, and it was like sixty six something. My computer is acting really We're stupid back today. Up. We're having technology yeah, problems. The sixty six best hard rock and metal guitar players of all time. Okay, so it's a combo, but. We're happy that Tony Allen is at number two. Hail. And also really happy that Jimi Hendrix is at number one. Also hail. And that Dime cracked the top five. Yes. Definitely hail to that. It's a good list. And that is our list, our overview of a pre-established listicle from another source. <laughs> it's our interpretation of a pre-established listicle. There's a, a couple guys I think maybe could have been on there, and I don't know their names off the top of my head, so bad on me, but the the guys from the, the heyday of Thin Lizzy. Yeah, they probably should be on there. They should be on there because, I mean, they're they're playing influenced Priest, Maiden, and everybody that's wasn't done. Wasn't John Sykes and Thin Lizzy for a bit? Towards the end. Okay, so it wasn't in the heyday, heyday. No. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't recall the names at the moment. But I can't either. But I agree they would have should have been there. Yeah, they came up with. Timeless, timeless rock and roll. But there were some good, there were definitely some good names on that list. And again, the fact that Iowa made it to number two makes me happy. And yes. Kirk Cobain wasn't number one. Also <laughs> makes me happy. So there you have it. Thank and, you for uh, listening. That's <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Shut Thank it down. You. Good night. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, continue to listen on. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us some ratings and reviews wherever, however. Give us some gold stars on iTunes. We need some gold stars, please. Give us some gold stars, please, so we can keep doing this and feel good about ourselves, y'all. Muchas gracias. Do it on the iTunes and make us feel good. Y'all keep yeah. listening. Until next time. Nerd out, everybody. See you. Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash podcast. Nerd out.